Welcome to the Sunday Morning Shakedown. Whether you're a longtime member of Logan Sport Church or you're simply looking to go a little bit deeper into our Sunday Morning message, the Sunday Morning Shakedown is here to enrich your faith journey. Join us every week. We dive a little deeper into the Sunday messages, providing you with the tools to apply this message to your everyday walk. Stay tuned. The journey begins now. Welcome to the Sunday Morning Shakedown. Well, it's hard to believe, but here we are at the end of yet another series. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a short one, but um, but still, you know, it's uh, it's another series in the books. Another series in the books. Another one down for our, us for the church. But you know, it was it was a nice short series. You know, just yeah. dealing with our call to serve. What is it like to serve wholeheartedly? And I think it's interesting as we were getting ready for this. I was thinking that um, you know, a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, they don't really preach on service in December. Right. You know, that's that's something that's kind of um, a little bit out of the ordinary. But that's kind of who we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we know November is like the traditional giving, giving month, you know, yeah, all serving, that, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Kind of comes yeah. in November, but you know, isn't isn't like December is the season of giving? Yeah, that's it's that season. We're, we're in right. the season of year when we, you know, we dig down deep into our pockets and we get some stuff for our kids or get Absolutely. some stuff from friends and family, and you know, we go caroling at people's houses. We we do things, and so it just seemed fitting to me that we're coming to the end of the year here. We're in the season of giving. Let's talk about it. Right. Let's talk about giving. And it was born out of our last series, Connect. So it just, it was a nice, I think, congruent flow between one series to the next. You know, I'm, I'm looking at next week's message and I'm going to tie back through the entire year. And I'm yeah. like, it's just crazy how one has led into the next, into the next, into, it's been a year of building. And so it's been kind of fun to see how that happened. I think that's, that's, um, you know, you and I were talking this week and, you know, you were telling me that you think that the preaching this year has been better than in a mm-hmm. long time here at our mm-hmm. church. And I think a lot of that is is we we leave room for the Holy Spirit to work. Right. You know, we leave room for I feel like we need to head in this direction. I really feel like we need to preach on this. And that's that's the Holy Spirit talking to us and and leading us through that. And it's so important that know, we'd be obedient and respond to that. Right. And, and we'd have looked, what's the congregation's needs? Yeah. You know, not just what do we want to talk about. Right, right. But we really spent some time this year saying, what's the needs of the congregation? We're living in this world. What's going on in this world? Trying to dissect the struggles around us. And mm-hmm. how do we best speak into that? How do we best speak into the lives of people who have current problems, issues going on in their lives? Sure. What are they feeling? What are they thinking? What, what are their struggles? And we, I think we've worked, done a really good job this year at just addressing that. I guess that's what I was saying is that, that yeah. the Spirit has led us in those yes. directions because it knows better than we do as it to, does <laughs> as to what the congregation needs and 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 you know it's just uh i, I think it's been a really good year i think it has been too for I, sure I, well I'm, I'm thinking next year's gonna be better than this year I, <laughs> let's pray I, for that right well, absolutely <laughs> absolutely so so we're wrapping up the series and you started out you talked about this book that your son jeremy gave you <laughs> and that's that. That's always because I know you guys, and that's always it seems like a dicey proposition. Well, him and I don't always see things eye to eye when it comes to politics, sure. and so we we have great conversations. We love each other. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I appreciate his viewpoints. Mm-hmm. He's really enlightened me on a number of things through the years. Absolutely. A very intelligent young man. Right. Um, but when he sent me a book on politics, I, I kind of giggled a little bit, you know. But I want to be a good dad. I want to read my the stuff my son sends me. So I dove into this book, right. and um, boy, I just was caught off guard um, by. This, this statement about idolatry, and it it really began to form this thinking process for this week's message, which is interesting because when you talk about service and idolatry, you wouldn't 
think the two would be connected. No, but we do give to our idols. Yeah, we get we give to them in great ways, and yeah. you know, um, and this little quote, you know, says that that idolatry causes us to give more and more, but we get less and less until some moment when our life has totally been changed, turned upside down because of our gift to the idol, and that's what idolatry is. We start mm-hmm. giving, you know, we give a little bit to something, and then we give a little bit more to something. I, I think about you know, a number of years ago, I was really into golfing, and you know, started out with just buying a cheap set of golf clubs, right? <laughs> I mean, that's where it always begins at, and well, then it's yep. the shoes and it's nice golf clubs, then it's a membership to a golf course, and it takes more and more and more. Yeah. Um, but if you want to get better, you want to get better at golfing, it's required to do that. Right. But we don't often think what I'm doing is really serving golfing. I'm, I'm serving it, and I'm serving with everything that I am. I don't have a problem with golfing. The problem is when it becomes an idol, right? Yes. When it starts being obsessive, and every part of our life revolves around it. Yeah. I did the same thing with photography. Ah. I had, a, um, I had a, um, a decent camera, and then started getting some of the, you know, accoutrements to go with it. And <laughs> and you start doing some research and you're like, well, this guy's using this twenty five hundred dollar satellites. I have to have that. Uh-huh. I have to get this this program to edit. Right. I have to I have to have, and if I can't have that, I might as well just give up. You know, and it's <laughs> That's it's, the way idolatry works. <laughs> It's just ridiculous, but but you're right how that how that works. It's well, crazy. And I was signing back to this Old Testament proposition. There's this idol in the Old Testament, and yeah. we, you know we tend to talk a lot about Baal or Asherah. Those are kind of like the normal people that um, get discussed in Old Testament times. But there was this one Moloch, you know Moloch, and I thought. I don't know a whole lot about that. I just knew it was about child sacrifice. Right. And so I got into studying and reading about it a little bit more. And I'm like, you know, they're literally taking and putting their child in the hands of an idol. And this idol is going to burn this child. And, and I, sh- I showed this picture. And I tried not to keep it up too long. It was, it was, it was a hand-drawn picture. It wasn't right. super graphic. But yet the thought... The thought of giving your child up yeah. um, as an idol sacrifice. Why? Why would they do this? Because they were promised that their children would be kept safe if they would offer one child up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm thinking, what, what does it take for a person to so wholeheartedly serve an idol that you would give your child up? And then I started thinking about all the things that we do that we would give up our children for, and it may be a different way. Yeah. You know, when we start getting so caught up on our own level of idolatry, all of a sudden our kids don't get the time they need, the stuff that they need. You know what I mean? Kids, I've told me that their parents caught in addiction, mm-hmm. didn't have food to eat, didn't have clothes to wear. You know, they, they were taking care of their brothers and sisters around the house. The idol. Right creates death in the children, right? That's what it does. And I, I just think it happens way more than what we want to admit in this day and age that we live in. And it's, and that, that's an extreme it is. case, right? Um, but I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking back just to my own experience. I've heard of, of guys missing their kids events because football's on. Right. Yes. I mean, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It is right? a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. And how many other things like that cause it to happen? Yeah. You know, I think about workaholics. Yeah. You know, they're never at their kids' stuff. We had a friend I was growing up, and his dad, his dad was a physician. Never once did I see him at any of our band contests. And my my parents became like his parents oh, at yeah. these events because yeah. he hadn't, his parents didn't show up for them. It wasn't important for them. In some ways, their son was being sacrificed around the idol of work. Um, it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of moved into that direction. So I'm thinking to myself, what happens when we begin to serve these idols? Um, they want more and more. They give us less and less. At some point in time, everything about us changes. And and then I wonder what's different about serving the Lord. What what what? How, how do these kind of things connect together? And right. that's where this sermon began to form from. Sure, because there's a difference. There's a difference between serving an idol to get something, 
or serving a God who's already given us something. That's a huge distinction. It's a huge distinction. Right. And one that we don't often think about because I've heard people say things like, well, you know, well, I've, I've done my good deed for the week. Um, or, you know, I, you know, I'm earning a, earning a, a star in my crown for what yeah. I've done. You know, there's yeah. all these things people will say about, right. and you, you can see in some ways they're like, I'm putting my sacrifice in the hands of God and I'm expecting him to give me something yep. in return. Yep. When that's not, that is not the Christian mode right. of giving. But that's, that's so been the mode for a lot of people for mm-hmm. years and years, decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to deny there's this place in the old Testament that, you know, talks about the idea of um, giving to God and he opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings on people. I'm not going to deny that there isn't passages of scripture, given it shall come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, we poured into yes. your lap. Yes. And so we look at those kind of things. Um, but are we doing them because of that? Right. And that's that's the problem. When so that's that's because of that. Where the whole heart of this series, I think, comes from is is where's your heart when you give? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where it all comes back to. You know, and that's the wholeheartedly thing. Where where's your heart mm-hmm. when you serve someone or serve the community or serve the church? Where is your heart? Is it to receive something back, or is it simply because you have a, a God in heaven that is served you. Yes. And now this is your response back. Yeah. Which is the Matthew 25 concept, you know, Matthew 25 sheep and goats separating the one to the other. And, and when Jesus says to the sheep, you know, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. Right. I was a stranger and you invited me in. They're like, going, huh? huh? What? <laughs> we, we never saw you, Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, right. it was my neighbor who needed food and it was that guy down the street that needed a sweatshirt. And I never saw you. And that, that is a whole different level of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and too often, I think the church, I think Christians have gotten caught up in the concept of, I need to do this because I need to serve Jesus. Mm. Um, that's not wholeheartedly. That's right. that's under compulsion, right? Yeah. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, not yeah. a giver that's under compulsion. We start doing right. these things because I want something, I need something, I long for something. And then we're missing the boat. So why does that why does that mindset exist in the church anyway? Why do people get to the place where? Well, yeah, pro- probably because somebody's taught them that. You know, you've got to earn a star in your crown. I mean, is that? I mean, is <laughs> I this goes back through it. church history? I mean, is this just how people were raised? I mean, is, I mean, I mean, that's a really good question. I don't know that I've got a, a solid historical answer to that, um, but I do see this tendency of work-based religion yeah. um, that says we have to work for our salvation. Right. We have to work for our salvation. Well, how do we work for it? We do good deeds to work for it. But the Bible is so clear that we can't earn it. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, a gift from God, not by works, hmm. so that no one can boast. So why, we were prepared to do good works, but our good works doesn't save us. Yeah, when you go back to a work-based religion, it's all about doing your good works to get into the kingdom of God. So I have in my, my notes here. And I'm not sure, what, maybe you can help me with this, but I think it, I think it's something that needs looked at. I have needs in the community. Rather than complain, we do something. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Which exactly. which I think is so, another, it's a mindset thing of someone else should really take care of you. Someone should, really should do something about blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Or mm-hmm. you can be a part of the solution and, and, and make something happen. Yes. Well, too many times we complain because, well, we'll use one example. Um, the widows are not getting enough Social Security money to survive with the increase of expenses in our country right now. And it's become harder and harder for widow ladies yeah. to make ends meet. And so it's easy for churches to stand up and say, the government needs to provide more. They need to do more for the widow ladies. There's, there's a problem here, and they need to take care of the problem. Now, I'm not saying the government couldn't do that kind of thing. But what happened if every church in America says, you know what? The widows need to be taken care of better. Let's step up to the plate. 
tells us in Matthew chapter six, they took care of the widows. Right. Why don't we do the same thing? I think when churches begin to think like that, that's part, even part of this book that my son gave me, um, is we, 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 the government does have to fix some big issues because we can't fix all of them. But there are times the church can step in and we can make a difference in the world. Um, but it's too easy to stand in the pulpit um, or to complain in the pews about what's going on in our world when right. we really have the chance to fix it. Hmm. And if we wholeheartedly felt like this is something that needed to happen, we would. We would fix it. Yep. We wouldn't just complain about it. And so, so you kind of wonder sometimes, you know, armchair quarterbacks. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people uh. that... that a lot of people that were fans of losing teams yesterday, they were complaining, right? <laughs> and they could have done that right, a lot better right, and right. kind of thing. But, you know, they're, they're sitting in their armchairs. Um, they're not on the field. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we can become armchair Christians. We can sit there and complain right. and thinking that somebody should fix this. Right. Maybe it's us. Yeah. And, and when you have a wholehearted idea of servanthood, um, when you think that, gosh, God did so much for me, maybe we'll step out of that chair and start to do something. Hmm. So the whole basis of this of this series has been we're looking at serving each other, mm -hmm. serving the community, and now serving the church. So why is it important for people to serve the church where they attend? You know, um, when I think about on Sunday mornings, what it takes for worship to happen, mm -hmm. you know, just what it takes on an average Sunday for people to come in and experience worship. And we want that. We want people to come into congregation on Sunday morning and, you know, to feel greeted at the front door. We want people to come into church and, they, you know, have good music that they can listen to, that they can worship with, a good message that they can um, be a part of, donuts and coffee and all the things that make church church, right? We, we enjoy all of those things. Right. And most people think that that just like, you know, it's like manna that drops out of heaven. <laughs> and it just happens, <laughs> you know. It's, and, and it's they, magic. Look at it. They come yeah. into church and they leave and they go, wow, it was a great Sunday. We had a yeah. wonderful time. We were ministered to. And we forget that it, there was probably 40 people mm -hmm. that made that happen. Right. Um, and we really believe that everybody should have an opportunity to come and worship. But that requires some people then to step up to the plate and yes. provide a space and a way to make it happen. Right. Um, and from everything from children's ministry to who's playing on the praise band to mm -hmm. who's running the sound room upstairs to people handing out welcome bags for visitors, all, all of that stuff requires individuals. It requires a level of service. And sometimes it's a piece of service that we forget. And I think even here at the Logan Sport Church, we have we have so focused outwardly on our community for doing so many things that there are times we we slack on taking care of ourselves yeah. because yeah. we've got so much great stuff going on yeah. um, in the community that we live in. And so it's like, you know, I'm doing this and this and this and this, but I'm not serving in my local church. I'm not serving right there at home. Um, so we just had to have a Sunday. We reminded people that it does take some work to make church all that it can be. Um, and that's that helps other people to come into the kingdom and worship in the kingdom. Which is an important distinction in that, you know, if, if you serve, then you're helping someone else. Mm -hmm. Get to that point. Get to that point where they're feeling blessed. They're feeling the mm -hmm. spirit. You know, it's like that is so important to be a part of that community of people that make that happen. It is. It is. Right? Because there are people that need to come in here and they had had a bad week. They're struggling with something in their life. Yep. They need to be able to come in, know they're loved, know they're going to be cared for, hear the Holy Spirit move in their life, not have the distractions going on around them. Um, when that kind of moment happens, the Holy Spirit just moves and speaks and changes hearts and changes right. lives. Right. Um, but it always takes humanity to make that happen. It always takes our hands and feet to do something with that. We It just doesn't magically appear. Mm -hmm. um, it's work. It 
It is work. So there's work to do in the kingdom of God, and there's work to do in church on Sunday mornings. And people have got to step up to that, not just at the Logan Sport Church, um, but every church in our community. Absolutely. You know, everyone, and the bigger the church is, the more people required yeah. to do that work. Uh, yeah, church of 30, maybe not quite the work that it takes of a church of 200 or 2,000. Yeah. Um, but it's still, everybody's needed. I was everybody's say, wanted. You know, we're, we're blessed. We're able to have two services. Right. And so we can you know, have people work one, serve one, mm-hmm. yeah. which is, which is a great concept. It really is. Worship one, work one. We've been doing that for a few years around here. It was mm-hmm. really great before COVID. COVID kind of, you know, brings a little challenge to that. Right. Um, but how can you like maybe one service, your kids are being taken care of in children's ministry. Well, the next service, then you go back to children's ministry mm-hmm. and you take care of the kids. And that right. way somebody else can go and have a moment where they don't have to worry about their kids in church. Yep. Um, or, you know, you're worshiping first service, second service, you're going to be a greeter. You're going to be an usher. You're going to help out with sound room upstairs. You know, there's, there's all these things we can spend one hour with the Lord and spend 30 minutes chit-chatting with our friends and family and then work for the Lord mm-hmm. for an hour. And in some ways, I, I, what, what a great way to give back all in one little moment. Um, let's just be totally honest. Our time is more valuable than it's ever been. Oh, absolutely. It, it is, it, absolutely. And our lives are more packed than they've ever been. Yeah. And so if you can spend like, you know, I can drive to church and in two and a half hours, I can literally worship, spend time with my friends and serve the Lord and then head you know, to get something to eat for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really kind of pulled all these pieces together yeah. in this moment in time. Right. And so I kind of think about there's like a package that happens that, that if more people would get involved in that, oh my gosh, you know, I've done something good for the Lord this week. I've experienced the Lord's presence this week. I, I fellowshiped with friends and family this week. Man, it's the best of all worlds all combined in this little moment of time. It's a very effective use of time, right? It really is. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I'm, I, don't get me wrong. I love to see people come to church two or three evenings a week doing some service. Sure. <laughs> but I sure. just know the reality of it. Yeah. There's, there is, it's difficult. Not everyone has the bandwidth to do that sort of thing. No, they don't. You know, they that's, don't. That's the reality of the world we live in. Uh, yep. So another, another thing that we talk about a lot during the services is that each one of us have been given special talents, special mm-hmm. gifts that mm-hmm. we can then use for the kingdom. Right. And, uh, and that, that's true for, I mean, just people in the community or people serving in the church. Right. And so it, it's so important that you identify those and then figure out where you can fit in. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I first started in ministry, I had this wonderful pastor that um, he knew that I had some gifts, and so he just started taking me along with him. Mm. And I, I remember, we, you know, we went, we went to the funeral homes, and we would, you know, he would teach me how to greet family and talk to family at funeral homes, and he took me to hospitals and spent time praying with sick people, and we went to nursing homes, and, you know, they showed me how to write a sermon, and he helped me learn how to do a Bible study and got me involved in children's ministry, and, and he just kept putting me in places. Right. And after a while, I'm like, man, I, I do not want to do children's ministry. That is not <laughs> in my wheelhouse. You know, I don't enjoy that. But right. I did enjoy going to the nursing homes and I led a Bible study in nursing homes. And that was kind of like, oh, that was, that was exciting. That was, um, I began to feel, what is it that God is entrusting me to do? Right. And I, I think a lot of people, they want, they want to take a spiritual gift inventory and they want to know, you know, in three easy steps and 15 minutes on my cell phone, what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life for the kingdom of God? Yeah. Um, it's not always quite that easy. Now, yeah. I'm not saying it can't be helpful. Yeah. It could be a little bit helpful for you. And there's all kinds of great spiritual gift tests that are available free online. You can take those things. Um, But sometimes it's trial and error. It's like, I tried this out. I love it. I tried this out. I will never do that again. Um, And and that's okay. It's okay. You know, it's uh, better to have somebody come up to me and say, hey, I worked with the youth for the last two months and not uh, not doing it. Okay, great. I'm glad you know that. Exactly. So let's try to find a new place. That's why, you know, we've talked before. I think it's so important that you not, and 
I, this is what I've done in my personal walk is to not get in your own way mm-hmm. of that sort of thing that, that I don't let myself be an excuse to not do something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to say, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't feel like doing it. That's mm-hmm. not a reason in my right. book. Right. If you don't know until you've tried it, then you don't know. Exactly. Well, it was, it was kind of funny yesterday. We had, we have all these nice pages laid out for people that they could pick up. And these are the different ministries we offer the church. And you right. kind of look at them and, and you'd watch people go through and pick up every single one of them, you know, yes. they, and, and in, as a pastor, as a guy who just preached, you're kind of like thinking, oh yeah, there was a little conviction there. <laughs> you know, they, they must have really, oh, I yep. got to do something for the kingdom of God. Uh, pastor yep. Aaron, he's looking into my heart today. Um, but I, I, I kind of wonder when you get home and then you've, processed and you've thought and time has happened, you begin to take those lists and look at them. And there, there's probably 50 different things out oh, of yeah. those pages, at least probably yeah. more than that. Um, then just start saying, okay, which ones do I want to try? Which ones do I want to pick yep. to get involved with? Um, so at first, you know, we would dive in one, do everything because the Holy Spirit's like moving us to do something. And, but it's finding that thing, you know, what's the thing, what's that thing that God really wants you to be connected to doing? So is that, is that just what it comes, what it boils down to is to just, trial and error, try just trying something and seeing if that's where you fit or so that we, we've got, there are like natural gifts and there are spiritual gifts. And okay. that is a real, so like preaching has some natural giftedness to it, but it's also a spiritual gift. It's something that the Lord sets apart for people. Um, and so sometimes in our natural gifting, it becomes easy to see. So, um, I know often like teachers don't want to teach Sunday school class because they've been teaching all week. Right. But yet their natural gifting is this ability to teach kids. Yeah. And so it's like maybe what you need to do is, you know, go up five or six grades or go down five or six grades. Maybe, mm. But still working in this natural gift that I have, God had give you, giving you gifts to teach. How can you use them for the kingdom of God? Or, you know, play guitar, play drums. Um, love to do that. You know, I put my headset on at the house and jam out. Um, that's great. Well, that's a natural gifting that you've been given. Yeah. Now, can I pull that into the kingdom of God? I just love to chat with people. You know, the gift of gab. Some yeah. people have it. Yeah. Um, that's a natural gift. How do you use that? Where can you connect into the kingdom of God with that natural gift? So sometimes just those natural things that flow out of you. That's pretty cool. You can find ways to use that for the kingdom of God. Other times, you have to work a little bit to discover what it is, because maybe you're not using any kind of gifts right now um, that God's given you. I once worked with a, a lady who was in that portion of her life where she was like, I don't know what God's want, what to do with me. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm not feeling any direction. I'm not feeling any, you know, pull mm-hmm. to go. I just, I don't know what he wants to do with me. And I'm like, He'll reveal it. Just mm-hmm. keep keep at it. Keep mm-hmm. praying. You know, he will reveal something to you at some point. Yeah, I think that's how it happens a lot of times. Something is just sort of put in your path, and you realize, wow, I can do this. And then you you realize that that's mm-hmm. that's what one of the things God wants you to do. And now I I, I don't want to. I almost hate to say what I'm getting ready to say because I don't want people to, you know, cop out. Okay, but let's let let's realize there are moments in life where we need to be ministered to. Mm. There are moments in life when I don't have anything to give. Now, that's not because I'm lazy or because I just don't want to do something. Um, that's because I'm going through a, a major crisis in my life because I've lost somebody that I love because there's you know change going on with my work environment. Right. There are moments that we don't have the capacity yes. to give. Yes. And um, I, th- I think we just need to take a second for people like that and to say that's when you just come and worship. Yeah. You know that's not when you work one. That's when you worship. You yeah. worship in those moments. You let God speak to you into those moments. But then we can't get lazy in those moments because whenever God's taken us through a season like that. 
Usually it's so we can teach something to somebody else, so we can help somebody else. Mm. So let me give you an example. So let's just say that you lost a loved one in the last two or three years. You know, yes. somebody passed away in your life. You loved them deeply. You cared about them. God has moved you through this time of loss. Mm-hmm. What do you do on the other side of that? Well, guess what? There are people in the church that have had loss. Maybe God's giving you a chance to have a Bible study. Maybe God's giving you a card ministry that you can do to send cards out to people that have had that happen in their life. Um, all of a sudden, the, the, the season of pain becomes an opportunity then to give back. Um, that happens so often in God's economy. Um, having marriage problems, work through it, read some books, life is better. Oh, hey, why don't we spend some time helping other people grow in their marriage? Um, finances, you know, had financial struggles. Watched a Dave Ramsey thing. Yeah. Pulled myself out of it. Yeah. Hey, let's help others, educate others. So we will go through seasons when we're not going to be able to give as much. That, that's just part. That's part of being in the kingdom of God, right? That's um, Romans eight twenty eight right there. It is. It you really know, that, is. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we got to got to remember that. Got to remember those moments that there there are moments to serve. There are moments we have to pull back a little bit. But it, it should never be a lifetime of pulling back. Yeah. Because yeah. Jesus didn't pull back for us. Right. And it's funny because look, looking back, that's that's kind of the the. The, the season life where she was at, she was coming out of, out of some addiction and just getting mm-hmm. her life back together. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you need to just let God work on you now, and and He'll reveal something to you down the road. He but, will. But right He's now, so just 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 stay in that that mode. Yeah, know? we are the body of Christ. Each one of us has a part. Yes, everyone has a part in the body. I've always wondered what the belly button's used for. <laughs> Who's the belly button in the body of Christ? I don't know. Um, they're the lint collectors. I'm not sure. But uh, every part of the body is important, and some are a little more visible. Some are not quite so visible, but we need each and every part of it. And um, today, I hope you know you're needed in the church. You're needed in the body of Christ. And even if you're not the Logan Sport congregation, wherever church you're a part of, yeah. you got to find a place to get connected there um, because they need you there, and they won't be all they can be until you start using your gifts. Absolutely. So uh, looking forward, we're getting ready to kind of wrap up the year mm-hmm. and we're moving into what's going to be a really, I'm excited about this, a really great dive into Matthew. Yeah, we're, we're spending from from Christmas to Easter yeah. dealing with Matthew. And there's there's this connecting point in Matthew that just gets overlooked most of the time. Mm-hmm. And we think about Jesus coming. So often we talk about the Savior of the world's coming, right? It's right. The sav- this is the season yes. of the Savior of the world. The Savior has been the born. The Savior is born, you know, yeah. that, that, that kind yeah. of statement. And I am not denying that's in the Bible. It is there. Okay? Yes. It is there, the yes. idea of Savior. But the other thing that the angels say to the shepherds is that the Lord... Is coming, mm. and I thought, hmm, hmm, Lord, that's kind of interesting. The Lord, what is what does it mean to be Lord? Well, to be Lord requires you to be King. And we look at the book of Matthew. Matthew is a study in the kingship of Jesus. Right. For Jesus to be your Lord means that Jesus is your King. And it's so interesting that we start the Gospel of Matthew with these three kings of Orient are. Okay, we don't know how many, but these wise men that show up, um, these magi, these kind of kingly beings that show up, why are they showing up in the presence of a king? Why are they bringing him kingly gifts? Gold, frankincense, myrrh, kingly gifts. And isn't it interesting that King Herod, who is an earthly king, is so ticked off that a new king is coming to town. (laughs) You know, he didn't like it very well. He's threatened by it. He's threatened by it. And so so if Jesus is king, then what does it mean to be a part of his kingdom? Um, what does it look like to be kingdom people? So we're going to spend some time from from Christmas to Easter dealing with kingship and kingdom issues. Um, because if Jesus is your king and you live in his kingdom, then you need to know how to live as his people in a kingdom. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I am too. This, I think it's going to be too. fabulous. There's going to be a lot of teaching involved in the next... Uh, next. It's only 13 weeks. I'm from Christmas to Easter, it's 13 weeks. Yeah, Easter's so really early this it's year. It's early this year. And so it's going to be a shorter series through Matthew, but... Um, 
All every every message is gonna have something to do with kings, kingdoms, um, and our responsibility in that kingdom. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. All right, praise out. Father God, we are so grateful that you've uh, you've given us this ability to serve wholeheartedly. Um, and Lord, even as we move forward, so serve wholeheartedly in your kingdom. What does it mean to be kingdom people who are serving our lives, uh, giving our lives over to you, Lord God? You have graciously given your life for us. When we were hungry, you fed us. When we were thirsty, you gave us something to drink. When we were naked, you clothed us. When we were prisoners, Lord, you set us free. And now you call us to do the same for you. May we be good stewards of the life that we live, the body you've given us, and the talents that you've entrusted us to. And may we use those gifts, Lord God, for the furtherance of your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been the Sunday Morning Shakedown. We'll catch you again next week. As always, visit logansportchurch.org slash podcast for more.